You're listening to Cinema Geekly, with the hosts who bothered actually turning up for the show. And I'm their voiceover guy. I'm from Britain, where you can find the real Boston, New York and Newark. They're shitholes, but they're here. Podcast episode 92, cinemageekly.com slash premium. Head on over there. And you know what, guys? Holy shit, motherfuck. I was just telling Ben about this the other day when we were recording the Who Made Who podcast, uh, which Aaron, unfortunately, his internet kicked him out of that podcast. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, um, maybe maybe at some point I'll just randomly ask you the things that you disliked about uh, this last season of, uh, of Doctor Who. All what you it. think is going to happen in the Christmas special? It's been a while since we've actually mentioned Doctor Who on this podcast. Um, but no, I was telling I was telling Ben that uh, while we were recording the the podcast, two other people signed up for the premium thing, and I was going to get their usernames and shout them out, and I did not do that. Um, I may go digging while you guys are talking about other things. Well, so thanks everybody. That. That's awesome. Um, so we we have to like six now. I believe six in total. Yeah. Um, so cinemageekly.com slash premium, uh, we do a whole bunch of premium podcasts and we only ask a very nominal fee for a very long membership, $12 for an entire year. So yeah, that's, that's $1 a month. Uh, I'm not sure how many pennies that breaks down, uh, to in a, in a week, I guess it's, you know, what four quarter, you know, it's four quarters. So a quarter a week, I guess, um, so yeah, very little money and 365 days of access, and we've got a lot of podcasts going on. Let's. I'm just going to quickly run through what has been put up so far. Um, the the fifth episode of of Level Your Gear is up, called "Sorry for Wasting Your Time." It was an absolutely tremendously bad episode, uh, which at the end we start talking completely <laughs> off topic of video games to the point where I have to stop the conversation midway to be like, uh, "We're going to sign off the podcast now." It, it's tremendous. It's a train wreck. Uh, of a podcast um the very first episode of horribly flawed and incredibly decisive is also up but on the plus side uh everybody listening to this right now also has the opportunity to go listen to that episode because we made it free on the cinema geekly stream as well um and man was that a lot of fun and we are we are gearing up for episode number two which is going to be uh nick cage films the films of nicholas cage uh, and because of the divisive nature of this particular actor, we are taking his top four rated movies 
and his lowest four rated movies. Uh, and we are facing them off on opposite brackets. So at the end, there will be one highly rated film and one poorly rated film, and they will square off to determine the best uh, of uh, of Nick Cage's career uh, once and for all. Uh, the Gotham podcast number nine, where uh, Glenn and I did a double shot talking Harvey Dent and Lovecraft. Uh, the flashing, the seventh episode of Flashing Arrow, which is just a gem of a podcast where. Uh, Glenn and I basically missed an entire episode of Arrow on for, for one purpose or another. Uh, but we, uh, we talked three episodes uh, in, that, uh, in that particular podcast. The Flash is Born, Draw Back Your Bow, and Power Outage. And uh, the latest podcast up there is the 10th episode of Who Made Who, the Series 8 retrospective, which mostly features Aaron and uh, the rest of the time features myself and Ben Knight. Uh, and then we've got we've got one more who made who coming uh, before the end of the year as well, talking about the Christmas special. So um, that is all there. Twelve dollars a year for three hundred and sixty five days worth of podcasting. Um, Aaron, you told me that you're already in the market for a new mic. You've got one on the way or something, right? So I do. Yes, yeah, so this will be the last time. That's uh, gonna that's gonna leave uh, just Glenn then, who's gonna need a, a a podcasting equipment upgrade, but. You know, that's okay. That's not all we need to do. We're also, uh, we've got hosting bills all the time and we do need to increase the, the size of the, the server because as we've mentioned before, our, uh, our host is no longer actually backing up all of our data due to all of the, uh, the gigabytes of, of content we have on the server right now. They no longer actually back it up. We've, we've reached our cap for the size of our, our current hosting plan. So uh, we need to do that. Um, in fact, I was even talking with Ben, uh, and he is he is highly suggested that we start pulling out advertising on things like Facebook and uh, and things like that, because he has found that, at least for his, uh, for his uh, separate podcast that he does, that the Facebook um, ads and stuff really, really pay out well. And, uh, and I believe that once upon a time, Joe McDonald did, uh, did some Facebook advertising, uh, pulled out advertising, and it increased our our likes substantially over uh, like over uh, I think the the length of the ad, which is, I think was a week or something like that. And we've never gone back and done that again. But you know, perhaps we should, especially looking at the reach of some of the articles from this week <laughs> have hit well over a thousand. Um, one was way over a thousand. One's on its way to a thousand, and so clearly more people are seeing the articles. Uh, that we we're posting than people who actually like the page. So uh, we may need to get into that. And in, in fact, this week it says we have over 2000 uh, post reach. So uh, from everything all together, which is insane. Uh, yeah. For us. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a high number uh, for one week. The, uh, the other thing I should note, uh, normally we do this at the end of the show, but because it's so damn close, uh, Cyber Monday is just around the corner. Uh, quite literally. In fact, and uh, we know a lot of people do their cyber shopping at Amazon. And uh, all we're asking you to do is use our Cinema Geekly link. Uh, we posted it on the Facebook page and it's on the website as well. It's hard to miss. It's a big button. And uh, all it is is just a, a link with a special tag at the end of it that lets Amazon know what site has uh, referred you. And it doesn't cost you anything extra. Uh, your experience, your shopping experience doesn't change. And it doesn't even matter how big or small the order size is. Amazon just kicks us money back. Uh, when you make purchases using that link. So, uh, yeah, I know a lot of people do shopping this time of the year. And, uh, you know, closer we get to Christmas time as well, there's going to be more shopping as well. So we would highly encourage you to do that because it doesn't cost you anything extra and it gives us 
um, some money back to kind of help keep this this little thing we've got going afloat. Uh, hopefully one day it'll become a, a medium sized thing. I, I hesitate to say big, uh, so I'm just gonna, I'm going to go with medium, uh, average sized. Perhaps you would say, no, Aaron. We're going big, man. You think we're going to go? We're going to go Liam Neeson on this? I do. You're goddamn right. Hey, why not, man? Let's reach. Let's reach for the stars. I mean, Liam Neeson's cock does. So let's. Why? Why can't we be up there as well? I'm telling you. What, who were we talking about the other day when I compared it to Hulk's forearm? Who was that? Was that Tom Jones? Um, I no. I think you were talking about the 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 veins you could see in Chris O'Donnell's gear. And oh yeah, yeah, Batman. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Well, there's a teaser for everyone who's on the fence about listening to the the Batman podcast. Or no, that, that was the uh, that was the that was the Who Made Who podcast actually. Oh my god, that's right. Jesus. So if you want to, fuck, we end up on that. If you want to hear, <laughs> if you want to hear uh, Ben and Aaron talk for about three minutes about Chris O'Donnell's package in a uh, Batman, it's Toronto. ridiculous. Uh, yeah, there you go, man. It's all it's right there for you. Uh, go ahead, and, go and check it out. I, I think we're gonna run through the reviews real quick of what's up on the website right now. Um, just so people can check it out. Uh, Stephanie's got a review for uh, for Big Hero Six. Uh, that would be the uh, that's the movie with Baymax, right? The uh, yep. so, uh, I saw somebody say it was like their favorite Spider-Man movie of all time. Like it was a better Spider-Man movie than than Spider-Man. Like it's a kids Avengers <laughs> superhero type group thingy. Uh, the movie's gotten good reviews. Uh, I think Stephanie liked it an awful lot uh, as well. I've got a couple of uh, game reviews up uh, for this weird, quirky Sherlock Holmes game I played, which. Actually, um, while while the game is imperfect in some levels and, and really tremendous in others, it really taught me a, an, an important lesson about how incredibly flawed the uh, the legal system is and probably always has been. Because uh, basically, there's not a there's not a single case in that game where you've got multiple suspects who all have enough plausible evidence that you could suspect them to be the <laughs> the perpetrator, and you basically. It's not necessarily just a crapshoot. Like, there might be some other things that tip you off and lean you in one direction more than the other. But almost every person, you can make a plausible case against them. And you can, you know, send them off to prison. Or um, it gives you moral choices as well. You can either send them off or you can, uh, you know, absolve them, sort of. Like, there's a case of a, a woman who had uh, who had uh, beaten her husband to death because he was a, a drunk and an abuser as well. And you can decide to either send her to prison for the crime or to be understanding of her situation and to essentially let it slide, which I presume happened in Victorian London all the fucking time. Um, or maybe not. I, oh, so this isn't like an LBC3 Sherlock game? Um, it takes place in older times, yes, but it, ah. it, uh, it, uh, and, and it does not use any recognizable current characters, but it does take elements from like Sherlock. There's like a mini game where you're talking to a, a suspect and the the game kind of slows down and you zoom in on the person and you can kind of scroll up and down their body and Sherlock will notice like little bits of things about their clothing or their, you know, their ring finger dirt under their fingernails or, <laughs> you know, paint on their shoes or something. You know what I mean? That's kind awesome. of like how he yeah. does in the show. Um, it's a, it's a flawed game. There are some issues with it. But I, 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 you know, I enjoyed it on the same level. Also, wrote up a review for the latest WWE games release, which was, um, if I'm if I'm being as objective as possible, there's going to be people who aren't going to like the game, especially if you relied on the creative 
uh, like the creative modes for your uh, to get your I guess your your extra gameplay out of to like extend your gameplay. If that was your thing, like you relied solely on that, then this game is not for you because they they gutted almost all of those modes when rebuilding it for the PlayStation Four and Xbox One. Um, outside of that, because those modes, I never cared for those modes. Uh, I, most of them I, I downright hated and never touched. Uh, the core gameplay is a vast improvement over previous years, and I, I, uh, I, uh, I spew my guts about it in the in the review or whatever. It's it's one of my favorite parts of the game. Um, so if that's one of your things, you should definitely get it. But I think I gave it like a three and a half uh, or something like that. Like it's a good base for future games uh, to build off of. Uh, and we have two reviews for The Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 1. One from Dan, who um, basically thought the movie was all right. Uh, I think he gave it a three and a half and basically took the stand of you probably didn't need to split this into two parts. Uh, it's basically the same cry we saw from uh, some of the people who did not like Deathly Hollows Part 1. It's like, eh, you really didn't need to make this whole thing its own movie. Um, Stephanie wrote the other review, and she had the exact same opinion as Dan, but gave the movie one and a half geeky glasses. She is essentially like, yeah, no reason to make this into its own movie uh, whatsoever. So she was way harsher. Dan was like, yeah, it's an okay movie, but it probably didn't need to be made. But it's fine for what it is. And Stephanie's just like, fuck that noise. One and a half. Really didn't need to make it. Please please give us the second movie that's bound to be better and full of the stuff we actually want to see. Uh, so yeah, all those reviews are up on the website right now. Uh, feel free to read them and uh, send in your, your, your love or hate and vice versa. I'm, uh, try, not to, try not to rake me over the coals about that WWE game. Even though I did just mention I don't give a shit about the creative tools. Uh, I, I was objective in the in the review from that standpoint. <laughs> that I mentioned that that is definitely a takeaway for people who do care about that, and I would not recommend it for people who like that's their thing. Like they spend all day creating uh, indie indie guys and shit on the on the game. Not for you, um, if uh, if that's your thing. Um, this is not news per se, but I put it up there anyway, in case people hadn't seen it, uh, back when Marvel announced their phase three stuff, I, I think we had put up the, the clip of the trailer that was announcing the, uh, the infinity war, uh, films with Thanos, yeah, the gauntlet the Thanos and everything. Thing. Um, and I, uh, I just searching through YouTube found like, uh, essentially it was the, I think it was the whole 20 minute half hour event where Kevin Feige goes through and announces all the movies and there's the they they uh they swerve everybody when they announce Captain America at first because it's called Captain America Serpent Society. Uh <laughs> then they you know then they do all the all the film title reveals and they yeah Which for an animated movie wouldn't be bad. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> and all of that <laughs> and all of that uh Basically, I think it, what it what it what it boils down to is that if you really want to blow out your eardrums and listen to people scream really loud for twenty minutes, check it out because it is full of people losing their shit for about a half hour straight. Uh, did you did you watch it all the way through, Aaron? Oh fuck yeah, of course I did. <laughs> yeah, it was the uh, uh, and at the end, of course, uh, Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. come out and. It was great. Like anytime I see footage from a con like that or, or an event, and the people start freaking out, I always go to like the. If anyone out there has ever seen fan footage 
of a, a WWE event when a wrestler returns, like the most recent oh, one yeah, when yeah. Sting came out at Survivor Series and sure. you heard that guy, oh, you know, like all that really aggressive, <laughs> like just gorilla grunts. I love that shit because that's genuine fucking passion. I mean, just oh, sure. I, I would have been right along with those assholes, like probably making the same kind of noises. I mean, yeah, you know, it, oh, absolutely. I, I love it to bits. It, it's yeah. the greatest thing I've ever heard. I mean, I was joking. Yeah, you know, the, the, I mean, people do scream their heads off for 20 minutes, but I oh, mean, yeah. if you people, do have... people fucking cheer for Motorhead, man. Why wouldn't they be sure. excited about Captain America and Iron Man. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, if you have any connection to these films at all, you get you get chills when they have, you know, when you see that Infinity Wars trailer and the people erupt and go crazy. You know, like you get chills. You can feel, you know, the electricity in the room and whatnot. Glenn, did you watch yeah. that whole thing? Yeah, I mean, I, I watched. I didn't like stick through it all the way through. I just kind of would fast forward through parts. But yeah, know, I mean, I don't blame you because some I of it's just, some of it's just like here's a logo, here's a logo. People scream, here's a logo. Um, outside of that, yeah, it was. Uh, the, there is one thing that I should know, and it's clearly this room was full of Marvel fanatics. And uh, <laughs> the one thing that I did note was that when he talked about Ant Man, Ant Man got the most tepid response. Like, I presume yeah. it was like in the director, Edgar Wright, people would have went, wah, uh, and blown the roof off the place. But now it's not Edgar Wright, so it's just like, woo. You know what I mean? Like, it was a very, it wasn't quite that tepid, but compared to everything else, you know, it was like church, church mouse, you know, pin drop shit compared to everything else. So uh, do you think there's, do you think maybe there's some trepidation about this movie now because Edgar Wright's gone and... Uh, you know, I, I don't, to be honest, I love Edgar Wright, but Edgar Wright's not necessarily a guarantee of an amazing movie. That being said, I've loved every movie he's created thus far, but, uh, outside of that, it's not necessarily a guarantee. And it's not to say that this guy won't, the new guy won't deliver a good movie, but do you feel like it's more tepid now, Aaron, towards that movie? Oh, most definitely. I mean, you, you, just comparing their two resumes, I mean, you know, l- look at their past couple of movies, you know, where for Edgar Wright, I mean, we know, you know, it's all of me, their Cornetto trilogy, whereas, you know, you go to uh, to Peyton Reed, it's a couple episodes of uh, of New Girl and like the break. I mean, I mean, it's just, and yes, man, let's not forget that. So it, it, it's hard to yeah. to really get excited about it when this guy's background has nothing to do, you know, genre related whatsoever like oh, not yeah. even like a fucking action movie like nothing you know what i mean it's uh god damn it oh I, I, I don't feel great about it but i mean you know the I, I, my trust is in marvel so i mean ultimately they're gonna put out something that they feel uh will be at least good enough like it lives, uh, I it think, lives so it, yeah, yeah it, like it approaches their bar at least right exactly yeah i mean you know it, it can't be any worse than like fucking iron man 2 so i mean it you know it just expect <laughs> that level of film yeah you know here's the thing with iron man 2 basically um i i thought i really disliked that movie a lot more than the others but then when i when i rewatched it recently i determined that once i get past the whole uh the grand prix shit like with the race cars and all that once i get past that point i'm totally fine with the rest of the movie like it's everything from the beginning up until that point where i'm just like yeah i don't know how i feel about this movie but like the whole 
like end part of the you know the the back end of the movie I I enjoyed, but right. Uh, I think it was just hard for me because like as a comic book fan, someone who knows the source material, like it was essentially just one long fucking commercial for the Avengers, which is great for everyone who doesn't know about them. But oh sure, sure. You know, for guys like us, you're like fucking it, it. You know, let's go already. Absolutely. Uh, so Glenn DC announced that Michelle McLaren has signed on to direct uh, Wonder Woman. Uh, what other than the fact that apparently social social justice warriors are are celebrating this decision of a woman directing a female superhero movie? Um, uh, is there anything else you can tell us about this this particular person? She got any other uh, notable credits to her name? I want to say she directed a lot of episodes of Breaking Bad, something like that. Uh, oh, is she the one? Is she the one who did the the triple threat? Like, I I think they were talking to a woman. Uh, we'll have to go look it up now because they were talking to a woman uh, to direct. She's she done a, a, eleven episodes of Breaking Bad. She's yeah. done, she was a producer uh, for it. So. Yeah, she, and I heard she she had done um, uh, some episodes of Game of Thrones and Walking Dead, I believe. Yep. And she's also directing uh, an episode of Better Call Saul already, too. So, I mean, it's... Holy shit. Well, yeah. she's, she's got credibility right then and there, I think. Oh, shit. Might as well put her on Ant-Man while they're at it. It's, it's um, okay, Glenn. So, with that in, with that in mind, um, and while, it's a, while it seems like a nice choice and a good choice, uh, on top of that, do you think it's still... We're, we're so much speculation, obviously, because we don't know shit about Gal Gadot in this role. But... Um, do you, do you think it's really going to even matter? I, I just, I seem so as tepid as some people seem to be about that Ant-Man movie. I'm horribly fucking tepid about how she's going to be in not, not even her own solo movie here. We're not even gotten to that point yet. We're, we're still looking at this Dawn of justice movie. Um, I don't know, Glenn basing it off of absolutely nothing whatsoever. Do you think that, uh, <laughs> this is, gonna, this is going to pan out at all. I mean, as I mean, how many how many uh, supermodelly types uh, that just hopped into acting became really good actresses? I mean, there's not too many. Linda I- Carter, <laughs> the the other famous Wonder Woman. Uh, sure, was, sure. Was Miss Universe? Uh, I mean, I mean, people like Brooklyn Decker. She seems to be okay. She's supermodel gone actress. Uh, uh, the the girl who played. Give me someone without giant tits. The girl. Oh shit! Um, does the uh, the girl who played uh, Caprica Six on Battlestar Galactica count? Shit! What's her name? Trisha Helfer. Oh, what about uh, Mila Jovovich? Was, she was a model, wasn't she? Oh yeah, she was a model. Was she? I don't yeah. know if I'd consider her a great actress per se. Ah, she's fine in Fifth Element. When you don't. Oh yeah, I love her in Fifth her Element. Sure, she's yeah. okay. Yeah, Lilu Dallas Multipass. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's probably the most quotable line from that movie. I, everybody I know just does that. <laughs> Multi pass. <laughs> Dallas multi pass. Yeah, yeah. I, I plan on doing that anytime someone just cards me. I'm just gonna say that instead. Give them my give them my driver's license. Um, yeah. Okay. So maybe there there might be a handful. Yeah. I mean, I, idiocy of uh, internet social justice aside, um, sure, it sure. is it is kind of interesting to see a woman like not even like a Wonder Woman movie, but a woman be a director of a superhero movie, which Marvel would have done. Had she not have walked away from the, the woman who directed Monster, who had walked away from right. Thor: The Dark World, so I, I think uh, what I think what's driving me on this um, she did, she did Breaking Bad because that's no, oh no 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 I'm, I'm just talking <laughs> about no no I, I'm I'm sold on Michelle McLaren directing um, there there's a there's no convincing me no need to convince me on that 
Um, I, I'm still kind of just stuck on the on the whole is Gal Gadot going to work thing because my now we've pointed out you and as you guys have pointed out that there have been some supermodely types that have hopped into acting that had chops um, to to one degree or another. Obviously, um, yeah, I think the thing that's that's not sitting with me right is that it's Zack Snyder and company who are casting her for this role, and the last time. I remember Zack Snyder picked a bunch of girls to be in a movie was Sucker Punch. And holy shit, could he have... I, I don't know if he could have found... Uh, I mean, maybe if he had just like drew pictures on cardboard and then filmed it, they could have been more cardboard. Uh, but yeah, I, I just found the girls in that movie to be like the worst one-dimensional, like not particularly great at acting whatsoever type actors you, you wouldn't I, be wrong i think that's what that's what's worrying me aaron i don't know where do you where do you sit on this wonder woman movie does it have potential or is it going to be a skimming pile of shit <laughs> um it, it, it depends who they who they cast her with i mean you know look at uh look at haywire gina carano like sure she, she couldn't fucking play dead man but you know the, it was a very passable movie actually good in a lot of parts because they stacked the fucking deck with their supporting cast. I mean, right, right. if they're able to surround Gal, Gal Gadot with with a lot of really heavy hitters, you know, it's got a shot. But I mean, it's fuck, man. Are they really setting her up to? She's she's got some. Uh, she's got a lot of tough uh, tough walls to break through here. Yeah, sure. she's gonna need somebody to like that's a good actor to play off of, like like a Michael Fassbender. Right. Basically, just get the cast from uh, Twelve Years a Slave and put it in this movie, <laughs> and she'll do just fine. Yeah, get a uh, get Brad Pitt in there, and get a uh, Chewy Tell Edgio Four or whatever his name is. Um, in fact, I may have actually accidentally pronounced it correctly. I'm not sure. You, you did. You I think did. you did. Holy yeah. shit! Uh, <laughs> I was totally guessing. It's like I think his name sounds like this. Um, yeah, just get all those guys in there, and then have them act act the the shit out of it, and even if she's mediocre at best, like just by comparison, um, you know, it'll be like one of those surround sound systems. that's actually just one speaker that bounces the surround sound off of the walls and the ceiling. Like there's no extra speakers there, but it, it sounds like it's surround sound. Uh, we, maybe they could do that. They can just, uh, they can just uh, pile up the supporting cast around her and it'll seem like she's fine. Uh, they need to bulk her up a little bit, man. She's and, way too thin. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, and you know what? The other like, thing is... Like for Wonder Woman. You know what I mean? Wonder Woman, like, she's a fucking Amazon. Like, oh, absolutely. Let's get, some, let's get someone with some beef on her out there, man. I mean, she's even in the... I mean, she's cut. I would never say she's beefy. I think she's really... I think, to me, she always looks really lean and cut. Uh, she probably she has a little bit of muscle as far as you know the gun show is concerned, but it, she's I mean, built like a baby giraffe, man. We need like a <laughs> thoroughbred to play a freaking Wonder Woman. You know and, what I mean? Uh, and of course, uh, if that Amazon isn't your type, we we have one at CinemaGeekly dot com that you can access <laughs> Cyber Monday. in time just in time for Cyber Monday. Uh, <laughs> I used to for uh, Christmas. Yeah. And I don't want to go too far. I don't want to go talk. We, we ham-fisted that in there real good. Uh, we don't want, and I don't want to go too far out onto, onto this branch if she's going to be terrible. Um, we'll know in two it's, years. Right. It's, it's, oh, okay. it's, possible, it's possible she can knock it out of the park. Um, so I, I don't want to discount her entirely. But it feels like the odds are not necessarily in her favor. Um, but, you know, at the same time, it's, I think some of that is just unknown. The unknown uh, quality uh that that she's kind of got with her at the moment uh but for me i really think it does kind of just boil down to Zack snyder and i haven't been a big fan of his female uh 
the roles in his in his movies from from that perspective. So I, I don't have a lot of encouragement there, I guess. Um, Variety has reported that uh, the man who once took a picture with Dan O'Neill, Oscar Isaac, is playing uh, Apocalypse, an X Men Apocalypse. Aside from from flying uh, X wings and shit, he's uh, he's going to be the lead villain in uh, X Men Apocalypse. Aaron, what do you think about the casting choice? Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, that, that that's like a Josh Brolin esque casting, like where you never really consider it, but once you hear the name, you're like, fuck, that's super good. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, the uh, and what you, I mean, what you know of the character and stuff, does it does that seem like a, a suitable role as well? Not just from his uh, ability, his acting ability and stuff, but do you think like his his sort of his sort of style or his sort of deal or whatever kind of fits in with? Yeah, he 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 he's got like the the, the like the weight to put into it. You know, he can put some ass behind it. So it uh, he needs to be you know. Uh, imposing i mean jesus christ it's it's yeah. the big bad of the universe so it uh yeah they, they really could have done a lot worse than oscar isaac so it's gonna be, gonna be great sure he, he has a lot of the intensity that fastbender brings like he he's that level of like may not physically look imposing um but he can really just kind of hit you at your core at sometimes i mean he's he's a really good actor it's like when i saw that name it was just like oh wow okay this this makes sense because he's really good even though he was in Sucker Punch. He was in Sucker Punch, but he was also in Drive. And... Freaking hell, he was in that movie, wasn't he? <laughs> Sorry, man. The Born Legacy, too. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. He's in a lot of things, and he's just now... I mean, last year really opened doors up for him because of yeah. him being in a Coen Brothers film, which, you know, at this point, if you're just in it, you know, you're going to get something. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, another, another big-name actor gets uh, landed in a... Uh, I hesitate to call it a Marvel movie, but I mean Marvel's still involved, I believe, on some level with the X Men pictures, right? To a certain degree. Yeah, they not... um, yeah it, it, essentially that's just their name. I mean, you know, they've they've canceled the comic, the the, the fucking Fantastic Four. There's no Marvel Universe, Cinematic Universe without you know, or Universe General without the Fantastic Four. And Marvel is canceling it wow. just to kill. You, get, you like, don't get to use Doctor Doom. I mean, like that's such a waste now. Yeah. Oh Jesus! The uh, like the, the X Men like the the X Men movies and the uh, the Fantastic Four movies like and Spider Man as well. It sounds like they're just all doomed. Yeah, I mean, I would say the X Men movies for the most part, like by and large, if you kind of put them all together and then uh, averages them out, I think have done immensely better quality wise than Spider Man or easily Fantastic Four. Uh, I, and I do not have a lot of faith for the reboot, but I mean, you know, for the most part, like I, I enjoyed days of future past. Uh, I looked past a few of the things that I didn't like about the movie, but by and large, I liked it. And I really liked first class a lot. Uh, that was it, a- it, it, it all hinges on how great the, the next movie is. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, if, if this falters in some way, then, then yeah, I think it's, uh, and you got someone who loves the property. I mean, that's the. That's what makes it so, you know, at least passable at times is yeah. Brian Singer, you know, loves what he's doing. True. So Very true. Uh, so, yeah. And, and, yeah, that is kind of working uh, in, in, in its favor as well. But apparently Sam Raimi likes Spider-Man a lot, too. And uh... <laughs> and there were moments where, where it was good. It's just 
when he basically gave up the middle finger to the studios that was the Spider-Man 3 movie, that's when it all went to hell. I mean, I liked chunks of the second Spider-Man. Ragnar yeah. dragging his cock across all our faces for fucking his involvement in the X-Men franchise. <laughs> Just dragged it right across. Oh, sure. man, yeah. I'm still... Picking his pubes out of my throat, man. Oh, yeah. Like the franchise and... He shaved him down to stubble, Aaron, so it would hurt extra. It just did yeah. that extra sting. Sandpaper. Sandpaper. Sandpaper balls, Ratner, is what they call him. Oh, uh, son of a gun. Let's talk about the uh, the first big trailer release. Uh, this came back on the 25th of November. There was a trailer for the trailer for Jurassic <laughs> World, and then there was the actual trailer uh for jurassic world so glenn i'm gonna you know what no no i'm gonna go i think i have an idea where glenn stands on this trail i'm gonna go with aaron first uh to get your get your thoughts on this the i believe the fourth jurassic park film now mm-hmm. uh what are your thoughts if you sir? if you think three counts as a movie oh, of course <laughs> student of course, film yes. project maybe <laughs> uh there were a lot of parts I liked, but it just I, I can't stop focusing on the fact that fucking Star Lord is like a goddamn Velociraptor whisperer. Like he just <laughs> he just talks to these fuckers and controls them. These fucking creatures were the goddamn like terrors for three straight fucking films, and now all of a sudden, like you know, goddamn Chris Pratt with with his charm is just like you know he fucking Crocodile Dundee like does the thing where he points and hums, and he's just got raptors. And he could ride motorcycles through him. I mean, that's fucking, that's incredible. Uh, right, right. But, man, this, fuck. Of course I'm going to see it just based upon that alone, because that looks really ridiculous. I would feel a lot better uh, if it was anybody else but Star-Lord in that role. Like, if it was sure. Nicolas Cage, goddamn, it might be his greatest fucking movie every time. <laughs> or if they managed to put gold, like Goldblum on that motorcycle in the Sea of Raptors. I mean, that's a movie right there. Uh <laughs> I'm not excited for it in the least because it's going to be great. I'm excited for it because it's going to be fucking terrible. Oh, wow. Okay. Do you, do you think there was an overabundance of CG? I, I did notice there was what seemed like an awful lot of it. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's a movie about dinosaurs. I mean, as oh, long sure, as sure. like it's not just like some guy in a foam suit, you know, whatever. It, it could be all CG for I give a shit. Like, let's just see the dinosaurs and fucking Star-Lord uh, leading a pack of raptors against a... A pufferfish Tyrannosaurus Rex. Um, so, so Glenn, uh, so Glenn, what we learned from the trailer is that uh, they they did open the park and they opened it on on uh, Isla Nublar, right, the original island mm-hmm. from yeah. the first movie. So they fixed that whole place up and, in fact, opened the park there. Um, we we learned that there is uh, some incredibly uh, poor parenting. Uh, I, I guess. At the beginning, there's this family that's letting his... Judy Greer being a bitch of a mother, yeah. Two, two young children, apparently. I think it's... They make it look like it's a younger boy and an, and an older brother. Um, and they're just going to let them go sail on a boat to this fucking island full of dinosaurs where people have died in the past. And then she's like... You know, then she fucking is a dick. And she's like... Uh, I, I can't remember what she says, but it's something like, don't get eaten or run or some shit. If something chases you, run. Run, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... And then they lots of beauty shots of the park and things like that. And there's uh, there, uh, you know, some sort of half-assed blackfish slash sea, you know, Sea World commentary with a, you know, some sort of giant uh, dinosaur fish Name thing. Predator a shark. X. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Oh, the, uh, was that it? The tank is that what that was that the D Rex or whatever it is? Yeah, it's Predator X. Got That's it. the genetically modified dinosaur. No, no, no. Oh. That is the name of the actual dinosaur. Oh. They couldn't come up with some sort of fucking crazy Latin. Yeah, they only found it like four years ago. So. Yeah, they're working on a Latin name. Um, and we learned that uh, the well, the D stands for dumbass because that's what we're all going to be when we see the movie. That's why they just call it a D Rex because we're fucking morons. The, uh, the dumbass uh, Rex, like this is called a dumbass Rex. D Rex, it's perfect. And, uh, and, and the scientists uh, talk about how they've created their first hybrid uh, dino. They've created they've gen- genetically crossbreed. It's like a the puggle of dinosaurs. Um, yeah, what that? the fuck, man? They couldn't have found like a, a cooler animal to fucking t- to hybridize with a fucking dinosaur, a goddamn pufferfish. <laughs> Jesus, man. Yeah. Um, so, what did you think of the trailer, Glenn? I, 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 I had a hunch that maybe you liked it more than Aaron did. <laughs> My thing is, I'm gonna go in this with a complete open mind. I, uh, if, if it's as oh, fun as, liar. if it is as fun as Pacific Rim. I'm going to be okay with it because Pacific sure. Rim in all is pretty stupid. Oh, sure. Yeah, uh, it's real dumb. I mean, if it, but you know, I can look past that. I can look past the fact that Guillermo del Toro is straight up telling me there is no one in those buildings when they get blown up because there's an alarm 10 minutes ahead of yeah. time. Like, I mean, no, they're a, all dead. I mean, um, that's a that's a that's a joke in the Pacific hey, Rim. That's 10 minutes more than uh, the people of Metropolis got. In the in the in the in the honest trailer for Pacific Rim, that's the you know that's the joke they make with that movie, right? Where it's like the the coolest and dumbest movie you'll ever see, and they'll show a scene where it's like so cool, and another scene where it's just like oh so dumb. I mean, every scene with Charlie Hunnam because th- those are all pretty <laughs> oh, terrible. Sure, sure. Um, they should have just had him like do what he does best is just kind of brood and show his ass. Is that here's the thing that stuck out to me in this trailer uh, that really uh, caught me off guard completely. I, I did not know what to think going into this uh, whatsoever. I did not know exactly what they were going to do. I you know read some of the synopses and I think we talked about the uh, there was like a leak of what the trailer contained and we're like, ooh, that sounds kind of dumb, but we'll wait to watch it in in some sort of context at least, or at least in the context of the trailer. But the thing that jumped out to me the most, the thing that I was absolutely positively convinced. Uh, if there would be anything in this movie that would turn me off of it, the thing it would not be would be Chris Pratt. Because it's like he's so charming and funny and he's good at what he does. And then I watched this trailer and f- for me at least, almost everything that came out of his mouth, I'm like, that sounds so bad. Like, yeah, it needed so- a, if they're trying to make him serious, it needs to be someone else. Is Well, I mean, it's, exactly. like, it's like who wrote, for me, it's like, is this dialogue going to appear in the movie I mean, he says a line like, you know, it's like, what kind of dinosaur did they cook up? And they like, cook up in that lab. Yeah, I'm, what the? Who, who fucking talks like that? And this is apparently further into our future. Nobody talks like that now. Are they saying talk- fuck, who, who wrote it called the dumbass Rex? That's who wrote. My, who guess, my, my guess is the guy who wrote this script also named that guy Johnny Football is my guess. Because uh, <laughs> that's just it's just oh, it seems like such a dated thing. To, it sounds like something you'd get in a in a film noir movie where people still wear like fucking fedoras and shit. Like what you got cooking up over there? Um, you know, hey man, he is going to ride a motorcycle through a sea of rappers. And hey, that and to me, that's what sells it. Like it looks so ridiculous. Oh yeah, that and that indeed does look ridiculous. But I mean, like the director, he, I mean, even Chris Pratt. I mean, they've all like you know, they've all said like 
they've loved Jurassic Park, you know, younger oh, and sure, you know as sure. kids. Pratt's and like that's that's my hope. Generation, yeah, yeah. Um, not everybody can be yeah, like I J. loved J. it Abrams. too, but you know what I mean. <laughs> well, yeah. If it's at least enjoyable and not just like a money grab that is the Transformers franchise, then I can live with it. Like, if a movie is made like with care and you know is trying to be fun, sure, that can forgive a lot of things. And that when something one is movie. just. Yeah. Is just making, is just wanting to make money. Then yeah, I'm gonna have an issue with it. But at least with this, like, it looks like it's trying to be fun. Um, and there are things I've always wanted to see. Like I've always wanted to see the park fully operational. And there's things from the book that we get to see in the first movie, like you know the spheres and the uh, and and the riverboat ride. Like those are things that like that happens True. in the book that you we never got to see. And then now like I'm seeing some of these things that were hinted at you know, true, 15 true. or, you know, 25 years ago almost. Yeah. So for me, it's, it's just everything I've wanted, but it, I understand it's going to more than likely be a shit fest. Um, I mean, for me, redeeming, redeeming factors here would be if, well, I mean, cause obviously dinosaurs escape and shit goes crazy and people are stuck on the island. Tons of people are stuck on the island. If ki- kids better uh, die. If kids don't die in this movie, <laughs> I will be upset. Well, I mean, I, w- I wasn't going to go quite that far. I, I would have just you been be, happy you if... You'd be upset, man. There's I, no way that's happening. I would have just been happy if one of the kids stumbled across, like, Samuel L. Jackson's skull with his glasses on and a cigarette hanging out of or his Or, like, mouth. the Barbasol can. Like, that. they better see a Barbasol can. Dennis like, Nedry's corpse. Somebody finds, his, somebody finds his bones. Covered like that'd be acid. <laughs> See that'd be that'd be totally great. They they did some just horrible, uh, just just ham fisted in callbacks to the first movie. To hey, remember that first movie we did? That was so great. There's a reminder of that. I mean, I think... they did make one good decision when they when people are like, well, who's gonna be from the original cast? And I'm like, well, the only reason why we would do it is you know because we want to see those characters again. But there's no way we could justify those characters ever wanting to go back to this island. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I mean, that, that's one good decision. But you chaos theory would say that, of course, oh, Jeff yeah. Goldblum would go back to the island. Oh yeah, because he's crazy. Uh, if people, I have... mean, as long as there aren't kids, doing I can't stop bats. watching that fucking video like you put up about oh, the just Jeff like Goldblum, the scene him laughing, the Jeff Goldblum <laughs> laugh remix. Oh my god, it's the funniest fucking thing I've seen all week. Yeah, me, me and my brother have uh, have uh, have imitated this laugh for most of our lives. Uh, that's like one of the things that that's going to stick, stick uh, with me forever, man. I'm always going to remember that weird ass laugh that he did in, in the helicopter ride. <laughs> Holy shit. It's so good. Uh, so, I mean, like the other thing too, is like the redeeming thing is we get to see our, uh, the evolution of our relationship with Raptors, you know, going from, you know, this unknown entity enemy from the first one to, you know, these little nuisance in the second one to, you know, the peace offering that we have in the third movie where we give them back their eggs. Sure. And now they're our friends for us giving back their eggs. So, um, and they've, they've, I'm glad there's some continuity there. Yeah. I mean, and we're just gonna, and I think we're, they just, um, they're throwing out any remote possibility of plausible science. Right. Cause I think, uh, I think paleontologists like long, a long time ago, like after the first movie came out, were like, uh, velociraptors really were never that big. They're they're well, no, they're the size of chickens. They're, yeah, what, what dinosaurs they're using are called ultrasaurs. They just that yeah, doesn't. Yeah. Sound I cool. think they're I think they're related to the velociraptor and yeah, they're just a chicken. bigger raptor. Yeah, they're like cousins or whatever. Um, yeah, I I think you know what for me at this point uh, after hearing Pratt's dialogue and you know what sometimes they use dialogue and they use certain takes in trailers that don't end up in the movie. Uh, but uh, of the galaxy, the movie. 
but if the uh, <laughs> right, but if this, uh, but if this, but if this is like straight from the movie, and this is what the script is going to be like, I think my biggest fear now is that when the second Guardians movie comes out, people are going to be like, "Oh, it's starring that shitty guy from Jurassic World." Like that's my biggest fear now. Like this no, I think people love him somehow. too much to to ever have a black mark like that. Yeah, like they, that. they also love Ryan Reynolds too, man. <laughs> <laughs> Once let's, just float, let's just float that cautionary fucking tale right out. Well, there. yeah, but there was also like, oh, we love Ron Reynolds. Well, he was also in Van Wilder. So, <laughs> I mean, there's always like, you know, there's that's always what made us trick. love him. <laughs> <laughs> um, that so, was just uh, for me. So, J.J. Uh, Abrams and company released the first <clears throat> teaser trailer for Star Wars Episode Seven, uh, or as they are just calling it, Star Wars: The Force Awakens. No episode title. Um, in the in the official credits or, or anything like that, uh, Glenn, I'm going to start with you. Why don't you tell me your impressions of 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 what we saw, what you liked, and what looked good, and what didn't look good to you, or any uh, any trepidations or anything causing excitement? Uh, for a second there, I thought um, Matt Weiner, uh, the creator of Madman, had a hand in this because mm-hmm. I saw a lot of shit that um, just looked like I saw After Effects of nothing happening. Right. Uh, <laughs> Not it was bad. It just I really felt like I was watching Madman in space for about thirty seconds. Oh sure, it's just like a lot of things out of context. <laughs> yeah, but there's yeah, no context. I have no idea what is happening. Yeah, but it like looks a... like shit. Like something happened really cool before it, and something really cool is gonna happen after it. It's like a Jawa coming off a plane, and a a Wookiee putting some toast in a toaster, <laughs> sort of thing. Turns out that toast is integral to the plot. Uh, you just didn't know it when you're watching the trailer. Um, no, I, I hear you. So, um, so what were, what were standouts for you? I, pre- I presume you liked the trailer. Yeah. I mean, I liked it. It's weird. I don't know if I necessarily like it as much as it is like it's star Wars coming back. So there's, you know, sure. I think going up, up until the point of seeing the Millennium Falcon, I'm kind of like, okay. And then like, you know, raging boner and finishing all at the same time oh, happened sure, as soon sure. as that, as soon as the Millennium Falcon flew. I like, it was just like, Oh, oh God, <laughs> it <was> just, you <laughs> know. It was just. Oh yeah, I mean, hair hair raised on my arm when they went to the John Williams score and yep. just saw the Falcon. Uh, for me, what really sealed it is just the really quick zipping by of the Tie Fighters, and you get that that just that awesome fucking Tie Fighter sound like right at the end, and it was just like, oh shit, this is uh, <laughs> get me there now, like into the future just something fucking well this is the I, past yeah. but i mean okay sure 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 um it a long, long time ago oh i'm I, yeah i'm aware of that glenn but I, i'm just talking for the i don't want to be transported into the universe i just i want to stay in this universe and then just watch the movie they made about it um aaron what did, what did you think of the trailer man <laughs> uh wow it uh it, it, it was everything i expected uh and more i mean it, it felt you could tell right away it was J.J. Abrams just from, you know, the, the way the cuts were put together, the way some of the scenes were, were, were kind of lit, just in the sip as we saw. But at its very core, it didn't feel like Different, a new yeah. Star Wars movie. Like yeah. it felt definitely in tone with, you know, with with the trilogy that, that we all love. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it felt just like, oh, my God, it, it felt like going home again. You know what I mean? Like, you know, your mom's been dead for 15 years. But then all of a sudden she's like in your kitchen and she brought donuts. You're like, holy shit. You know what I mean? It's just like. Right. It's just that feeling of, oh, my God, I can't believe what's going on. And, and, you know, 
from what they showed in the trailer, I mean, they gave away a lot in the trailer also. Granted, like, there wasn't very much going on, but there's also a lot in that trailer that we can already start to see, like, maybe the movie, like, the, the way it's going to get ready to hash out. So yeah. it, it's fucking exciting. Um, sans the old cast, um, this trailer gave you glimpses of presumably every main character from this film going forward. It starts with John Boyega in the desert with the Stormtrooper outfit. Uh, and then is it is it Oscar Isaac after that, or is it yep. Daisy Ridley? After I, think, I think it's Oscar Isaac, and then I think it's Daisy Ridley. Okay, so it's Oscar Isaac in the uh, in the X Wing, and uh, then it's Daisy Daisy Ridley on uh, on some sort of big honking speeder thing. Right. Uh, and then I am I mean we never see his face, but I'm presuming that it's Adam Driver in the the Sith costume. I think it's Gwendolyn Christie. I mean it it, it might be, but I. I've, like uh, j- just from seeing her lumber her ass around a Game of Thrones, like oh, wielding sure. the sword, like autom- like that's who I saw right there. I mean, that would be bad. It would be badass if it was for sure. I I really think it is. I mean, it. Uh, oh, yeah. What were your uh, What were your thoughts on? Uh, and, and first and foremost, I think at first people thought the narrator was uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. It's Maxwell uh, Sindel, isn't it? Because it's any circus, yeah. I think because people were like, "Oh, maybe it's Max von Sydow," and then I think the word came out that it was actually Andy Circus, uh, who was who was narrating, um, which may signify like the level of importance his character, whatever it ends up being, uh, is going to have in the in, in this movie or future movies or whatever. Um, I, I still want to say it was maybe Adam Driver because I think he's more of a of a main uh, character. I think. Oh, the Sith. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that he's more of a like a main character. I think. I mean, dri- I mean, Driver's supposed to be a, more of a main character. I think. Uh, right. It's rumored that he was supposed to be a bad guy. So I don't know. We never saw his face, but based off of how the trailer was going, that's how I thought it was supposed uh, well, to. Well, I'm sure uh, we'll see one in the Avengers. I'm sure we'll see a Star Wars trailer. So I mean, do you think Andy Serkis is is, is going to play maybe like the Grand Inquisitor? Like he's just gonna do like a voiceover, like green screen kind of like mocap stuff, like what he always does. Maybe that's why it was just a voice for him and that. I'd feel bad if that's what it was, because that's kind of it's sort of become his thing. Like that's the thing. Yeah, but so who the fuck else can they, can they oh. go to? You know what I mean? Like you need a guy to rubber Nobody. suit and get Ron fucking Perlman. You know what I mean? You, you need someone to <laughs> to knock the shit out of you with a fantastic voice and, and be able to emote through through green lycra. I mean, it's Andy Serkis. Right. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And, and I don't think it's ever been confirmed or anything either. Um, no, Kira nothing Woody, has. Like, the, oh, they're driving me crazy. They're such cockteases, these guys. The, uh, the, the, the one big point of contention I've seen, other than, of course, the people who are like, there's too much fucking CG, uh, other than those people, because fuck Yeah, they're them. stupid. Uh, fuck those stupid people. Um, the other point of contention has been the, the Sith lightsaber. So how, how do you feel, Aaron, about this this new lightsaber design? And it's... And it's practicality, because, you know, Star Wars nerds are like, you know, I think that that saber is not a practical fighting weapon with the plasma coming out of the sides like that. And, and yet another reason why I think it's Gwendolyn Christie. Like, I think they're really just trying to... It does kind of have that old-timey sword look, right? It does. Like, it, it, it feels like, you know, who, who's ever wielding this fucker is going to be, like, a just a complete badass. Like, an old-school kind of just, like, fucking just mammoth wielding a laser sword i mean oh how awesome is that were you a, were you a fan of the design or i liked it yeah I, I why the fuck would i hate it that's nothing we've seen before so i mean right, you know right. let's... the uh glenn what, what did you what did you think of this this new lightsaber that's that's 
that people are jabbering about on the interwebs. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was cool that it looked like, you know, the the cross sword that we all know. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, you want to talk about practicality. If we want to talk about practicality when it comes to lightsabers, there should be a different type of lightsaber for each size. Um, and that's sure. not always the case. Just like there would be a different length of blade. So what? it's Star Wars, not Star Trek. You can leave the, you know, the smart talk to them and try and break everything down. This is, you know, a space <laughs> opera. That certainly hasn't stopped people from doing it, though. I mean, everybody loves Guardians been. of the Galaxy, but what's not, you know. Oh, so sure, a, sure. And, you know, we can overlook the fact that somehow wearing a mask stops your hands from freezing and turning into <laughs> crystals when you go through space. Uh, yeah. But no, I know I I like the design. I mean, it was like you know, Aaron said there's a lot there, but it was just kind of like mm-hmm. now we're having to put the pieces together. Sure, sure. So the um, yeah, it sucks that it's over a year away. Oh, that that's for damn sure. Um, yeah, I, I thought it looked I thought it looked cool too, but man, oh man, have I seen just some paragraphs and paragraphs of people talking about how having a lightsaber like that isn't practical for fighting or whatever. Like it's too dangerous. You're gonna hurt yourself or some shit like nobody would what? nobody would do that and i'm just like who fucking cares it looks they cool. have laser swords against laser guns you know what i mean it's like fuck let's just right let's, right let's move on here fellas this is your this Holy is shit. This, they're this, literally bringing swords to a gunfight i mean come on this is your this is your this is your trade-off you 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 know you can have the old guy in charge who did things his way or you can have J.J. Abrams, and the trade-off with J.J. Abrams is sometimes he's just going to go... Oh, <laughs> go back shit. and watch that recut George Lucas trailer, and you tell me... <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about that in a moment. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. God. The, um, yeah, but I mean, the trade-off with J.J. Abrams is that sometimes he's going to put something in a movie because it looks cool. I don't yeah. know. If you watch the, the bonus shit on the Star Trek movies, he's like, oh, that's going to look so cool. That's going to look so cool. Um, you know, you guys are going to feel weird doing this, but when you watch it back, it's going to look awesome. You know what I mean? Like, that's his thing. Is it going to look cool on camera? Um, and so does that explain why Alice Eve, uh, had her shirt off? Cause it looked cool. I mean, it, it did look cool, but I'm just wondering if that was the reason for it. Um, no, I, I think the, I think the reason for that was <laughs> to show, um, a, a pretty, a pretty lady with clothes off and to tease the Kirk and Carol Marcus, uh, you know, that they eventually bone and have a kid that gets killed by Klingons in the third movie in an alternate universe. Uh, so <laughs> I think that's what it was set for, but because but it, it looked cool. Yeah, sure. Um, and, and, and it did. And, uh, I, I will still note that there, there were scenes where Chris Pine has had shirts and pants off in those films. Oh no, it's fine. <laughs> I just, I just wanted to say that. Um, so yeah, this, uh, so this trailer came out and George Lucas was pissed. Uh, basically is like, you know, I'm, it's like, I, I need to fix this. Like I fixed all my other star Wars properties and, uh, he, he put out there, it's, it wasn't him, obviously it was somebody else, but, uh, it's pretty I'm, close. It may have well have been George Lucas who cut together this special edition episode seven trailer. It channeled his pain, uh, which, um, I mean, in some of the, I mean, the first, the first thing was, was practically a, a straight, a straight riff and joke on, um, I think it was uh, a new hope, right? Where it was the, the scene on Tatooine where it's kind of bare desert. So George Lucas thought he would, uh, he'd spice it up with some creatures <laughs> and some yeah. stormtroopers running around. So this guy added in, uh, so it's the same trailer. This is not a different trailer. It's the same trailer that JJ Abrams and company put out there. Uh, but some editor, um, just brilliantly input like a ton of star Wars CG from the other movies and just, Put it in, put them into scenes here. There's, 
stormtroopers riding on things when John Boyega's head pops up. There's a uh, um, trying to think of uh, what else the shit there. I mean, the the most notable for me is the scene with the Sith. Whereas he's walking in the woods, fucking Anakin Skywalker, <laughs> played by Hayden Christensen's ghost appears, and, <laughs> and there's uh, like twenty lasers that go, out. and like it's like a, it's like a double bladed cross laser, uh, uh, lightsaber and shit. And uh, at the end, the uh, I, at the end of the trailer, the Millennium Falcon like is battling with like a couple of Tie Fighters, and in this one, it's like fifty <laughs> Tie Fighters, and there's just lasers going everywhere, and it's loud and noisy and shit. Um, Glenn, what would you think of this trailer? Do you think it would, if George Lucas were capable now of, of making a special edition, do you think this is what it would have looked like? Or, uh, do you think he, see, here's the thing. It's, it's for me, it's, it's easy to say like, oh, obviously he was, he was, you know, really picking at him and overindulged a little bit because Lucas wouldn't have gone that overboard. But then the more I watch it, the more I'm like, well, in some areas, sure. But in other areas, I'm positive some of the stuff would have been in there for sure. Uh, I think the laser going through the X-wing. I think that definitely would have happened <laughs> right with the uh, the C-3PO uh, yeah. flying around thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that would have happened. The the throwing of, I mean, look, putting the creatures on Tatooine that did happen. Oh sure. Uh, so, um, yeah. It, it, I mean, I, I, obviously he wouldn't do the Sith with the sword. I mean, he looked like he was going to go to a rave. But I, I could I wouldn't see him putting you know Anakin in there and a, sprinkling a couple of Jar Jar Bink stuff. Uh, that definitely happen. Aaron, there was a random job of the hut in there as well. I think <laughs> yeah, it's random as scene. fuck. Dude. Yeah, he, why would he show up in the desert like that? He needs to be inside, you know, in his throne. He's looking above for a solo. pit. He's still looking for Solo. Uh, <laughs> apparently, he did not die when his barge exploded. And he's and got still, choked to death. Yeah, he got choked to death by Leia's. He's uh, well, see, he knows that Daisy Ridley is more than likely the daughter of Leia and Solo, so he's got like all the incentive sure in the world. Like uh, she's got all the incentive. He's got all the incentive in the world to go after her. It's the the bounty hunter he was never able to really fully capture, and uh, the woman who killed him. So he's back from. Uh, I, I guess it's maybe Force Jabba who's come back from the other side, and uh, so this is now. I know what you did last summer, or I know what you did last pre- or last trilogy. <laughs> That's right. He is. Uh, he is. Uh, he is definitely coming after him. Which um, Aaron, as a fan of Supernatural, you know the only way to get rid of this would be to fight <laughs> to salt and burn his bones. Salt and burn his bones. <laughs> we need to get the Winchester boys on this case for sure. Um, well, I mean, what, what, what? But even then, like you know, Star Wars is breaking all the rules because Luke burned fucking uh, you know Vader. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Hayden fucking Christensen still found a goddamn way to come back. Still found a way, yeah. He, what, he found he found the he found the same way that Danny Pink found a way to send that boy back at the end uh, from death at the end of uh, Doctor Who last season. Yeah, That's, right. Uh, he found the he found the same magical mystical way that nobody can quite explain. That's how Hayden Christensen found his way back. Either that or some court some form of dark magic is my guess uh, as well. I think that's the only way Hayden Christensen actually appears in any movie. Well, magic days. always comes at a price, so. There you go. Talent, probably, I think, is what it is. that he, uh, You can be in movies, but you can never... Did y'all ever good. watch that Nicolas Cage, Hayden Christensen, like, Knights Templar movie? No, no, I'm dying oh, okay. to see it. Is it out? It's not out I, yet, is it? I have no idea. I just was wondering if any of y'all had stumbled across it yet. I am fucking Googling as we speak. <laughs> I was going to say, if it was, Aaron would just hang up right now and go watch, regardless of what we're on the podcast. Yeah, I, I'm no matter what, wherever the fuck we're going. 
Um, let's. Uh, what was it called? Jesus. Oh, I don't even remember what it was called. Just Nick, you can just look up. I, mean, I would say Hayden Christensen probably has less projects going on than Nicolas Cage, so I would just go on IMDb <laughs> and look up what Hayden Christensen. Oh, it's called Outcast. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Has it has it come out yet? Oh uh, no, it was slated for release in September, but it was uh, like postponed indefinitely. Holy cow! Oh wow! So it's like the Wonder Woman pilot. Like they don't want anybody to see this garbage. I mean, it that's was, a shame. I, I was mean, really other, looking forward to that. I mean, otherwise, either that or the other the other option is that they watched it and they're like, "This is a movie that's so bad that it's good on such a high level that it could break movies or television forever." So we can't let people. It's like the test doing it for our own movies. good. Oh, yeah. it's like like Ark of the Covenant. You got to cover it up because if you do, it's just gonna <laughs> melt your right. face. It's gonna off. melt faces. Oh, so good. Uh, let's talk top of the box office. Um, number five, Horrible Bosses Two debuted in the fifth spot. Uh, that movie that the sequel to the movie nobody asked for. Fifteen point seven million. Um, I do not know if Jennifer Aniston takes her gear off in this movie or not. She better, because gravity's going to take all of her ass eventually. <laughs> yeah, she'll get um, out while she can. Um, Interstellar is at number three. It actually went up a spot from number well, four. It was number four. Week. Yeah, it went up to number three this week and did $15.8 million. Uh, Big Hero 6 um, is in uh, third place. It fell from number two. It did $18.7 million. Penguins of Madagascar debuted at number two. With twenty five point eight million and uh, Hunger Games: Mockingjay Part One in its second week stayed at number one, with a really strong fifty six point eight million for its uh, second week. Uh, I mean, it dropped fifty three percent, which is about average, but it had a you know a big opening weekend. It's already at worldwide. It's already at four hundred eighty million. So Jesus, um, I hope they plan on making Mockingjay Part Two, you guys, because this movie's <laughs> making good money. <laughs> um, I think we're gonna. I think we're safe. Um, so here's the thing with with movies opening this weekend because of the holiday season. Not much is really opening. I think the only wide release is December fifth for the Pyramid, which appears to be some sort of horror movie. With uh, is that the one with Christian Bale and what's his name? No, no, no. This is with. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that would be the biblical movie of which I constantly mispronounce the characters. Exodus, gods and kings. Kings, yeah. He's a uh, Moses, right? <laughs> well, I, I thought that was a fucking video game. Jesus. Um, it, this is a movie with Ashley Hinshaw, who is the lead, and um, what's she been in besides uh, porn? <laughs> I was gonna say besides this movie. Uh, let me see here. She has been in... Oh, she played Casey in Chronicle. Um, I believe that oh, was one okay. of the girlfriends. Yeah, yeah, that was the, yeah the girlfriend. Um, since then, she's been in a movie called About Cherry. That is 10% on Rotten Tomato. She was in a movie... She was in a movie, and I'm kidding you not, was literally titled LOL. Oh, is that that's the Miley Cyrus Demi Moore movie, isn't it? I believe. Oh, Jesus Christ! Yeah, man. yeah. that did. Sound oh, well, okay. Oh, in, in my defense, for some reason, I always come across it on Facebook as I'm scouring through it, and I always just see that. All right, it's not Jesus. not that I'm going to buy it. I mean, I know what the cover looks like. Well, I mean, they're advertising it to you for a reason. I mean, so. Um, she she has like been the in new Brony documentary. But she is, she has been in five movies that have ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, and three out of the five are positive. Chronicles at eighty five, 
Uh, she's in a movie called Snake and Mongoose, which is 80%, and she's in a movie called Plus One, which is 67%. Snake and Mongoose? How many people saw it? Like four? Um, it says here that at the box office, it made $0.2 million. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so not much. I love that. <laughs> $0.2 million. Uh, no, no critical. we got to get a podcast named $0.2 million. <laughs> the zero, yeah, the the podcast was zero point two million followers. Actually, we I would, gotta get there first. I would yeah, love zero point two million. That'd be fucking fantastic. <laughs> I would so take that for sure. Um, this movie, you guys, the ancient wonders of the world have long cursed explorers who've dared to uncover their secrets. Team of U.S. archaeologists get more than they bargained for when they discover a lost pyramid unlike any other in the Egyptian desert. As they unlock horrific secrets buried within, they realize they aren't just trapped; they're being hunted. So, so the, it's the mummy. Yeah, it's the mummy. Without Brendan Fraser. Without is this the is this the Marvel like not the Marvel but the uh, the relaunch like Dracula Untold the, or whatever the the legendary yeah the legendary pictures one no this is not yeah. That. Oh. Um, what about the Christian Bale is that that's a mummy movie right? Um, I have no idea. No, no, it's not, a, it's not a mummy movie. It could Are be. You sure? It's still like crocodile they're like, eating They're people. way back in like the Eden, like in like ancient Egypt and shit. I mean, that could be like a mummy prequel. I'm um, sure there is mummies in there, but I think they all get kind of washed out before they can be mummified properly. Oh. And uh, and what is our least ham-fisted segue of all time? Uh, the other movie and the other bigger movie that's coming out. It's unfortunately coming out only in limited release. Uh, but it's called Dying of the Light, starring none other than the uh, the subject of our next horribly flawed yet incredibly decisive podcast. Nicolas Cage uh, is in this movie with Anton Yelkin. And uh, I like how they put here Academy Award winner Nicolas Cage. Do they do that with all of his movies? Now? Oh, sure, sure, sure. And I think they kind of have to, right? Academy Award winner Nicolas Cage ignites a powder keg of action in this electrifying cloak and dagger thriller. Uh, he plays a character named Evan Lake. He is a veteran CIA agent. <laughs> oh, I love it already. <laughs> he plays a veteran CIA agent who has been ordered to retire. But when his protege, played by Yelkin, uncovers evidence that Lake's nemesis, a terrorist. Uh, oh, who's play, who plays the terrorist? Uh, Alexander Kareem. So oh, that's somebody I've not heard of. Um, he has resurfaced. Lake goes rogue, embarking on a perilous intercontinental mission to eliminate his sworn enemy. And what is this movie called? Uh, Dying... Want to be born identity movies? It's called Dying of the Light. And when is it out? Um, it is opening in limited release on December 5th. Oh man, I have got to find a fucking theater that is showing that. Uh, Ant- man, Anton Yelkin, he's really got to find a new Star Trek movie to be in. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got one coming out. Uh, like, yeah, he's waiting for Star Trek Three. He's got one coming out in 2016. So, uh, um, man, it's funny. Like, I think we are getting to the point where, like, even I sometimes when I see Academy Award winner Nicholas Cage, I'm like, what? When the fuck did he? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I <have> to, <laughs> it, it does remind me because I do forget that he's won one and been nominated a couple of times. It's oh, sure, sure, yeah, been so long ago. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we're going to go watch left behind in honor of, of our forthcoming podcast. There you go. It's, uh, um, we, and we would highly recommend that people go sign up, uh, cinemageekly.com slash premium. We mentioned at the top of the yeah. show, uh, just $12 for an entire year worth of premium podcasts. And um, we do some stuff that's, uh, spe- you know, TV show specific, but, uh, I think Aaron and I have discussed maybe doing a, a Marvel one where it's all things, Marvel cinematic universe. 
Um, and we kind of go through and dissect all of that, all, all of that stuff in one, in one location. But, uh, this one, we've just started up horribly flawed and incredibly decisive where we determine once and for all the greatest film in a franchise or the greatest film of an actor or director's career. And, uh, the subject of our next podcast is Nick Cage. And yeah, we, uh, we mentioned well, if it. you're a fan of Batman forever, you're in luck. um yeah yeah with nick cage we're doing his top four best rated films and his top uh, or i guess his top four lowest rated films oh i love it i can't wait for this show they're gonna square off against one another and then we're doing after that um i haven't figured it out yet but we're probably gonna do a director after we do actor and kind of go in a circle of uh, franchise actor director and then we do tim burton since that's gonna be really hard to pick a good one (laughs) <laughs> hey, he did Beetlejuice and Batman and Batman Returns and, and Big Fish and, and Big Fish, yeah. Um, and so the hey, that may be a redeeming point for Batman. Bat those Batman movies may get to come back and score a win after all. So, uh, but yeah, man, that's that's there for a measly one dollar a month. I mean, you have to pay the twelve dollars up front, but I mean, it breaks down to a measly one dollar a month, and you get three hundred and sixty-five days worth of access for it. There's a big banner on the website that you can click as well. That'll take you right there. And tons of content. Tons of hours. There's actually a lot. Yeah, there's now there is actually now there is actually quite a bit. Um, uh, and of course, if that's not your thing, and you just want to shop on Amazon, Cyber Monday's coming up. Hit hit the uh, the Amazon button on the on the webpage and use that link to shop on Amazon and and help us get some kickbacks from Jeff Bezos and company uh, over at Amazon. He's got enough fucking money, is what I'm saying. Um, and he probably agrees. Otherwise, I don't think his company would have set up this affiliation program <laughs> yeah. uh, in the first place. Um, so for everything else we talked about today and then some cinemageekly.com is where we want you to head. Uh, we're also on every uh, important social media thing. We're not on Pinterest, but uh, fuck them. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Google+, YouTube, Tumblr, Instagram, all at Cinema Geekly. Of course, the podcast, you can check it on the website, but we're also on iTunes, Stitcher, and uh, the TuneIn Radio app. As well, um, I think it covered it all, you guys. We we talked about all the important stuff, right? Was there anything else? I don't think so. I no, think we got it all, man. We we're are, rock fucking solid. We are good. We, I mean, we probably shot our load with this episode, and there probably won't be anything to talk about next week at all. So, uh, well, no, no, we get to talk about everything we buy tomorrow on Cyber Monday using the link on our webpage. Oh shit! There you go. Yeah, and, and mailbag. We should do. We should. Try and get a mailbag in. Uh, yeah, info at com. if you want to contribute to the mailbag. Just uh, any old thing you want to bring up, if there's a topic you want us to discuss or questions. Or ask wanna... what the creepiest thing is that's ever happened to us. Yeah, yeah, or ask us what oh, the creepiest Jesus. thing is that's ever happened to us. Or ask about the personal details of Glenn's day-to-day life. If you want to do that, go right ahead. Glenn may or may not answer, but we'll ask the question. I, I will answer. Yeah, he's going to fucking answer. I will answer any question that is asked of me, yes. There you go. So uh, how can you turn down an offer like that? All right. So for Glenn Beauvais and Aaron De La Osa, I'm Anthony Lewis. We'll be back next week on the Cinema Geekly Podcast.